Hi, it's Carolina. I'm so excited that you could join us on the City Point Redcliffe podcast. You're just about to hear a message from one of our incredible preaching team, and I know you're going to be encouraged and inspired by what you hear. If it does encourage you, why don't you share it with someone who you know might need to hear it as well? And make sure you subscribe so you don't miss any of the messages that are uploaded every single week. And for now, sit back and enjoy. I hope you get blessed. So keen for the word tonight. I feel like God's really placed something on my heart for you all, and I'm really passionate about it. So I'm going to dive, I'm going to rip in, and um, I'm sure I'm going to get quite sweaty up here, so I hope you guys enjoy that. But let's get into it. I want to start just in Matthew 6, verse 6. It should be up on the screens. It says this. It says, when you pray, go away by yourself. Shut the door behind you and pray to your Father in private. Then your Father who sees everything will reward you. There's something powerful about a private investment that can sometimes change everything. I want to talk to you guys tonight about the ripple effect of shadow moments that can take place in our every single day. The title tonight, I've called this message, Faith in the Shadows. And I've titled that because I do really believe that there are some shadow moments that take place in our every single day that could cause a significant effect on your future and the relationships that surround you if you lean into them. Okay? I got this word from a, uh, a pastor who used to lead a great church in America, and he gave me a word when I was about 20 years old, and I was like a fresh Christian at this stage. I was about a year into my faith, and I was on fire for God, and he gave me a word. He looked at me, complimented my heart, and he asked me a couple of questions, and he said, Caleb, keep serving faithfully in your church, and never stop pursuing the shadows. He said, there's gold there. God's going to do great things in your life, but never stop pursuing the shadows, and I remember going, that was pretty awesome. That was pretty good. I looked up to this guy. I was like, that was awesome. I received that. I received that word. But honestly, I kind of walked away going, I don't know what the heck he was talking about. What are these shadows that he, that he means? I don't know, man. I t- as I said, I was like a year into my faith. I was on fire for God. I was like, no, nah, I'm called to be like a city on a hill. I'm called to be a light in darkness. I'm not going after these whole shadow moments or shadow things. No, I wanted to make a difference. I wanted to make a difference in my world. And, you know, even though I didn't quite understand what he was talking about in the moment, it didn't take me long to recognize that God was using so many people around me. God was using so many of my mates in church. They were doing incredible things for God. You know where it was? It was just in the ordinary mundane moments of every day. You know why I think God was using them? Just because they had this little thing called faith in the shadows. And they believed that wherever God took them, because they carried the Holy Spirit inside of them, God could use them to do mighty and great things. Like, we'd just be chilling at cafes. We'd, we'd, we'd be at gym or, or, or surfing. We'd be doing something. And all of a sudden, my mates would be bold enough. I was a little bit reluctant still at this stage. My mates would just go and pray for someone. Or they'd, uh, they'd, they'd go and give a word to somebody. Like, we saw, like, I saw broken bones healed, guys. Like, I was blown away. Like, I saw my mates go up to guys in, in, in like, cafes and just feel like they had a word from God for them or they'd share the gospel to some of these randoms in cafes. We'd see them in church the next week, next minute. They've given their lives to the Lord and their whole trajectory, their futures changes. Amazing. But you know what? I left going, like, I just remember thinking, like, there's no doubt in my mind that God can use the most ordinary people in the most ordinary situations and make them supernatural ones. You hear me? Because sometimes it's like, I don't know about you guys, but there's moments in our faith where there's, there's big, spectacular moments, and then it feels like there's quieter moments in our faith. You know, sometimes we see God use us uh, in huge ways, and then there's this little gap in between called the every 
single day, like the nine to five, we feel like God's not working as much, where there's no spotlight, there's no big highlight reel, there's no Instagram, there's no, there's no photo, there's no Pastor K just slinging it in the pulpit here, just bringing heaven to earth. There's no big spectacular moment, but I want to tell you guys, sometimes it's the everyday moments that can be supernatural ones if we're looking for it. There's gold in that. I'm so convinced that we overlook the shadows of every, our everyday way too often. And these moments can often impact our futures more than we think. There can be a ripple effect more than we think. And sometimes it's in the spaces when no one sees. And so I want to talk to us tonight about our private faith and our public faith. Because let me tell you guys, you win, you win the private, you're going to win the public. You, you invest, you sow into the private space, you're going to reap reward in the public space. And I'm not just talking about like material things, I'm talking about like fullness of life. Talking about like joy, peace, purpose. I'm, tell, I'm telling you, you could be effective and fruitful and you can have influence wherever you go as a believer if you are looking for some of these moments. I'm serious about it, okay? So I want to start off by just talking about a passage in Scripture. There's a great story in Scripture by the name of Joseph. I'm sure you guys have heard a little about him. He was a farm boy who became one of the greatest men of faith in the Bible because of his faithfulness in the shadows, but also his faithfulness in the spotlight when God had him leading a nation of Egypt. And so if you know Joseph, he seemed like a kind of fun, slightly overconfident, he's a good-looking guy, and he was a, uh, he was a shepherd boy and an errand boy under his family. And um, I don't have time to unpack the whole of Joseph's story here, but I want to encourage you guys, if you haven't read it, please go home and read this story. There is so much gold in there, okay? Genesis 37, you've got to get into it. Now, but, but most of us would know that Joseph suffered quite a lot. It started when he had a dream about being in a position of leadership, which made his brothers resent him and sell him into slavery. Now, it would have been easy for Joseph to react in anger, bitterness, grow lazy, frustrated at the world and the things around him, but Joseph didn't do that. Everywhere he went, everywhere God placed him, he did it with his whole heart. The Bible says that everywhere he went, success followed him. Everywhere he went, even when he was unfairly jailed because he said no to sleeping with Potiphar's wife. He was faithful in, in, in the shadow moments of the night when it was just him and her. She was his boss, and she was seducing him, and he was faithful. He was faithful in the moments when nobody else was around. It's a word for someone in here tonight. He was faithful when nobody else was around. Yeah. See, God develops his people sometimes through trials and difficulties, hey? We see that God allowed Joseph to be a slave and a prisoner in preparation for him to lead the nation of Egypt. Joseph's dream of leadership, it didn't come to pass like for years and years later. The highs and lows, everything that Joseph went through were just a bunch of shadow moments where he proved faithful, where God allowed him to be one of the greatest rulers we've seen. One of the greatest rulers we've seen. So where to start? Started training moment after training moment, shadow moment after shadow moment. Wherever God had him, wherever God placed him, he was faithful and he made the most out of every moment and opportunity because he knew that God was with him. I really believe for you guys in this room and just praying over tonight, I really believe as a community here, I feel like God's saying, City Point Radcliffe, I want us just to open our eyes a little bit more to the every single day, knowing that every action, every decision that we make, it matters. In Genesis 44, we see Pharaoh was searching for someone to interpret his dream, but no one could do it. If you know the story, you, you, would, you would know that. But verse 14, if we jump there, I think it might come up on the screens too. Says this, says, Pharaoh at once sent for Joseph. They brought him on the run from the jail cell. He cut his hair, he put on some clean clothes, he came to Pharaoh. I dreamed a dream, Pharaoh told Joseph. Nobody can interpret it. 
But I've heard that just by hearing a dream, you can interpret it. Joseph answered, no, 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 not I. Not I, but God. What happens in the story? We see that God gives Joseph the interpretation and Pharaoh puts him in charge of Egypt. What I love about this story, guys, is that I don't reckon Joseph was, was prepared. He wasn't ready to be questioned by the king. But there was something about Joseph. When you read this story, there was something about him where he was always ready. He was always prepared, no matter what came his way. See, I, 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 don't, think, I don't think it was his knowledge or his, or his understanding of how to interpret dreams that helped him. I think it was his faith, his understanding, his boldness, and, and his understanding of how big his God was that helped him. That could even be a word for some of you guys in here tonight. Maybe you're not prepared. Maybe you're not ready. You feel like you're you're not qualified to do what God's called you to do or what maybe God's going to bring you into. I want to say it's not going to be because of your head knowledge, guys. It's going to be because of your faith, your trust, your knowledge, understanding of how big and how good your God is that will get you there. Some of the greatest opportunities that come in life are often the ones that we least expect to come. So I want to say to us in here, are we ready? Are you guys faithful in the shadows? Are you faithful when no one's looking? Are you faithful when things get tough? Do you pursue God in, in the quiet space when things are rough still? What's your relationship like with the journey? What's your relationship like with the process? Are you content with where God has you now or are you not content at all? Because those questions, guys, we see here, Joseph, he was faithful in every single way. And you see where God took him, right? God took him to leading the nation of Egypt. See, I really do think, guys, there's more gold that comes in the process than we realize. There is more gold that comes with investing the time, the work, knowing the value of the main mundane in the every single day. See, some of you guys, you, you have this dream to like be here and you want to hurry up and get there, but, but maybe you're back here. I want to encourage you guys on this scripture in James. It tells us that we're going to let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. Guys, we've we got to allow patience, perseverance to have its perfect work in us. Did you have a dream to do great things for God one day? I hope you do. Do you want to faithfully provide for your family? Do you want to be effective and fruitful wherever you go? I hope you do. My big theological answer to this, guys, is, is just steward well and be faithful with what God has placed in your hands. And let perseverance have its perfect work, hey? Did you know that Joseph, he, he wouldn't have survived if it wasn't for his faith in the pits and in the prisons? Yeah. On that, did, did you guys actually know that even as Joseph was a prisoner, the warden promoted him and put him in charge of all the prisoners? Like, as a prisoner, Joseph got put in charge of all the prisoners. Like, who does that? Talk about faithfulness and, and stewardness of where you are. It's unbelievable. But faithfulness, and I guess stewardship of the little, is, it's just so underrated, isn't it? You know that God works, I think, sometimes more in the shadows than He does in the spotlight moments? Who's heard this statement before? I love this one. Um, I don't know if you've heard heard your friends say this or someone's said this to you before, but um, I want to be famous so that I can influence and reach more people. I love that statement because I feel like the people that say that are often the ones that aren't doing anything to help anybody right now. I always want to say to them, like, okay, okay, I get that, but like, what are you doing right now to glorify God with what you have? You know what I mean? Like, like, what makes you think uh, God's going to trust your voice to tens and thousands of people if he can't trust it to ones and twos right now? You know what I mean? We've got this young adult couple in our church named Trent and Shani. I love those guys. I don't know if you guys know Trent and Shani Wilcox, but they've had a dream for quite some time now. They want to make a difference in, uh, with missions in Africa. And you know what? They're not just sitting on their butts going, God, give me the resource. Give me the platform. Give me the influence. You know what they're doing? They're busy. 
they've been busy. You know where they are actually right now? They're actually in Africa right now, which is really timely that I'm telling this story. But they've fundraised really hard to get there. But not only that, the, the last 12 months of this year, you know what they've been doing? They've been running outreach programs twice a month through the local church, through YA, and they've been feeding the homeless, and they've been doing small acts of kindness in the community on the weekends. You know why? Because they want to be effective with what they have right in front of them. And they know the power of the little, that when God can trust you with the little, He can trust you with the great, yeah? yeah. I love um, this one statement the Queen said. I, I love this statement, if we can get that up on the screen. She says, It's worth remembering that it's often the small moments, the small steps, not the giant leaps that bring about the most lasting change. Do you, believe, do you guys believe that God has something amazing for you in your every single day? Do you ever just wake up and just go, God, thank you for another day. Another day to serve you, another day to love you, another day to be used by you. I think that's so healthy, hey. Because we've got to seize what may seem like the mundane every day and have faith to believe that God can use us. Because I know that the Holy Spirit's moving more in front of our faces than we realize sometimes. In your lunchroom, in your cafe, at the uni lecture, on the bus, and the train, the work. He's moving more than we know. And there's some small moments that can lead to lasting change if we actually lift our eyes sometimes and see them. I still remember the very first time I ran my life group. Life group leaders, you'll love this. I had this one guy, this one guy who would not leave. He would just stay till the very end of the night, till like midnight every night, and he just would not leave. And as much as I love this guy, there was times I was like, bro, you gotta go home. Like, you've got to go home. I'm exhausted. But he just loved the chats after the chats. You know, those kind of people who, like, love to stay and have the chats after the chats. It's like, man, that's why we have life group, because we have chats. But anyway, he, you know, he went on to run a life group after we kind of transitioned ours on. And the cool thing about this story was he had 30 guys in his life group after a month, after one month. And I was like, man, what happened? What did you do? And he was like, man, I was just so grateful, Caleb, for your hospitality, the way you sowed and invested into me that I just had to start investing into other people. So before he actually started his life group, he was like weekly meeting up with dudes, just catching up with them, sowing into them. So by the time he actually started his life group, he had 30 guys that showed up and he just, he's unbelievable. But like some of these small moments, hey, I didn't expect this guy to lead a life group like that. I, like I didn't think he was the guy, but he was phenomenal. And he's just doing such a great job. Some of these small moments may seem in insignificant, hey, we never know how they'll lead to lasting change. Because we are a people of faith, sometimes I think we get too caught up with the, spect the spectacular. Now hear me out here. I, I, I believe God moves in signs, miracles, and wonders, man. He's a miracle-working God, hey. I never want to box what God can do, but sometimes I think we have these seed moments in our everyday where we, we sow in, and we may never see the fruit of them. You know what I mean? And, and, and we've got to be okay with that. We've got to be right with that. But sometimes I think we get so caught up in the extraordinary that we miss the now moments, hey? We miss the supernatural moments right in front of us. We miss the moments where the voice of the Holy Spirit's like, hey, pray for that person. Hey, give this person a word of encouragement. Reach out there, reach out here. And, we, and sometimes I think we miss the, uh, even just the small refinements that God is doing in our everyday lives as well. I still remember back in um, university, our second year in my degree at the Australian Catholic University, me and a friend called Josh, we started a Pentecostal church service on campus uh, in between. They had masses. They have, I don't know if anyone goes to ACU in here, but they have masses. They run at lunchtime. And we started a service, and it probably lasted two years. We wanted to see revival take place in our Catholic university. And, um, you know, we didn't see many people come. It lasted about two, about two years, and we didn't see many people come. But, you know, there were probably two or three guys that actually uh, came to faith uh, during that period of time, which is phenomenal. I don't want to dilute that um, at all. But, you know, it wasn't the dream. It wasn't the vision. It's not what we saw it, where it was going at all. But you know what? God still worked something so deep on my heart during that period. 
I can trace a lot of my faith back to those moments at AC running that small 10 mini church service in the heart of the campus to kind of what we're seeing God do now in us where he's using us to build and plant a church in the heart of the University of Queensland where we're seeing an exam hall filled each week. It's phenomenal. But is it about me? No, no, no. It's not about me. Is it about the faithfulness of God always working behind the scenes in the shadows? Yes. Yes, it is. Don't discount what God is doing in you every single day. Don't discount it. Maybe you're in a job that's just frustrating you right now. Have you ever thought maybe God is preparing you? Maybe God's wanting to build more and, and, and do more and you refine you right now. Because you know what? There might come a day where just like Joseph's story here, we see that God, will, God might expose some of you to the light in front of many people. And you know what? You're going to be ready. Why are you going to be ready? Because you've been spending time faithfully in the shadows. You, you spent time being shaped and, and, and molded and curated in behind big leaders. And some of you, you've been at the foot of your bed just praying on your knees, going, God, equip me with all that I need so that when I step into the call, I'm ready. You're going to be ready. When that spotlight hits, you're going to rise and you're going to soar because you've been spending time in the shadows. Now, it's not, it's not all about the spotlight. Hey? It's really not all about the spotlight. None of us actually have control over whether you know, we're given a microphone or platform of influence or not. All we really have control of is what we are faithful with. What, is, what, what are we faithful with? What, what, is, what is in our hands right now that we can steward well? Parable of the talents. I thought about this scripture before too. We see in the parable of the talents, Matthew 25, I think it is, God gives different gifts to different people, doesn't he? So whatever you're given, use it and steward it well, man. Because we see here, it says, everyone will receive a reward for what they do with it. The master says, well done, good and faithful servant. You've been faithful with, what, a few things. So, so I'm going to give you many things. Yeah? You want to do well. You want to, you, you want to do a good job in your career, your job, your workplace, your ministry, your life group, whatever it might be. Read the Bible, guys. It's, what, it's about what we're faithful with. Hey, can I, uh, I know I'm racing through this really quickly. I just want, I want to get this all out because I'm so passionate about this. I want to hit something real quick. I want to hit leadership hierarchy real quick because it's so prevalent in our culture. It's so prevalent. Now, whether it's in workplace, church, whatever it might be, um, I want to be really clear that I think there's nothing wrong with, with, with wanting to grow and, and being driven and innovative and wanting to just be stretched and do well wherever you are. I think that's absolutely fantastic. But, you know, Jesus was really clear to James and John in Mark 10, where he, he says that high levels of leadership is actually reserved for those whose hearts are dedicated to God in the private place, in the secret place. That out of the overflow of your abundance, your passion, your faith, your hunger, your desire, your prayer room in the private with God, everyone will see your soul's true standing. Something about what takes place in the secret place when no one's looking, where you can become a faithful weapon in the kingdom of God. You hear me? I think we need to be better and more secure with having a relationship with the shadows. Because like Pastor Kay was saying before, I do believe in due time you will reap a harvest if you keep doing good. But I think some of us miss the harvest. We miss the greatness because we're too impatient, guys. We're way too impatient. We, get, we, we either get so caught up with maybe where we want to be, but maybe aren't, or we get too busy looking around and comparing our lives with everyone else that we actually lose the joy and the excitement of where God has us right now. And what do we end up doing? We end up just jumping ship. You know, we move on to the next thing. You see in the faith, you see in the workplace, you see in our relationships. You know, in the workplace, we, we see something, you know, I don't know if some of you have just jumped from job to job to job just because you want to climb the corporate ladder faster. Often you see guys and girls in relationships just jump to the next guy or next guy, the next girl, the next girl, just because they don't have the attention or the desire that they're getting, so they just move on. Now we need to allow patience and perseverance to have its perfect work in us so we're complete, mature, lacking nothing. You know, some of you, um, 
instead of maybe trying to, to manipulate or, or fabricate or, or weave or, or self-promotion, I mean, that's a big thing. Like what Pastor Kay was saying, well, that's a huge thing today. But instead of maybe trying to self-promote, weave your little way to whatever hierarchy tree, can you allow God to be your great promoter? Can we just allow God to be our great promoter? Sometimes I think we need to allow God to fight our fights more often, guys. He's really good at it. He is. What does God do? Man, God always elevates the humble, and He opposes, He pushes back the proud. End of the day, influence in the kingdom of God should just be good character. Oh, I love that. Influence in the, I'm talking about real influence here, guys. Real influence in the kingdom of God. None of this like, uh, I'm going to buy like cheap fake followers on Instagram and try and like make a name for myself and blah, blah, blah. I'm talking about real influence in the kingdom of God should just be good character. That's what we should be striving for. Because how often do we see people in leadership and influential positions falling because of moral failures? Way too often. Way too often. My, my prayer for, for you guys tonight is just that God would not allow the anointing that He's placed on your head come before the character that He wants to develop in you. Because I, I don't want it harming you. I don't want it destroying you. I don't want it destroying me. No, guys, we need to allow patience to have its perfect work in us. Like I said before, some of you guys have this dream to be here. Have you thought maybe you're just not ready to be there yet? Have you ever thought maybe God just wants to develop and refine and do more on you before, before you get there so that when you get there, you're not going to fall and hurt more people around you? Does that make sense? Some of us lose faith in the journey, though, because we're just too impatient. We lose, we lose our faith and perseverance in where God has us. Sometimes we need to stick it out. But you know what really happens to us? When we lose faith in, in the process and the journey, we actually become the thing that we, we wished never happened in the first place. We actually become our own ceiling. Become our own ceiling. So you can see yourself in the shadows right now in your job or school or uni, whatever it might be, as mundane and boring, invaluable. Or you can see it as an opportunity and a building block to propel you into your future. Let me tell you guys, there's more opportunities in the shadows than we realize. Honestly, that's where sometimes I think God just sees whether you can trust us or not. Sometimes, real practically too, I think that's where our employers see whether they can trust you or not. There is more meaning in the mundane of every single day, guys. So whether you are pouring coffee at Told You So or Brew Testament or Fort, Fort, still a thing, Fort, whether you're pouring coffee or you're in the epicenter of law, business, the church, it's always up to the individual as to how much they are really investing, seizing the day, living in purpose, or whether they're just going through the motions because it's just another paycheck. I want to talk about a little distractor, something that I think repels us from pursuing our faith in the shadows. I believe it's this word called worldliness. Worldliness. We need to be aware of the lure of worldliness that can seep in, steal our faith and our investment in the every single day. What do you guys feel like you might need to run from in order to remain faithful where God has you right now? Because worldliness is when you drop or you lose interest in the will of God because A, you don't like where God has you right now, or maybe you don't trust Him with where God has you right now. Or B, the pleasures, the desires of the world is just screaming so much louder in your ear than the desire to love God, to know God, and to honor Him with your life. Worldliness is when you are discontent with what you have right now, and you need something that the world has to offer you that steals you from the purpose and the will of God on your life. I, now, God, I, I believe God wants to bring joy and reward to her every single day. I really do believe it. But the constant pursuit of worldliness can take away our value of the important things where we end up losing joy in participating in the kingdom. Does that make sense? 1 John tells us here, it says, the world and its desires pass away, but whoever does the will of God lives forever. See, 
world is fleeting. Hey, guys, the world is fleeting. Now, I, I really believe God has given us so much here on earth for our enjoyment. Absolutely, man. Like, we should enjoy it. life. There's so much to enjoy here. But don't build your life on it. Don't you build your life on the desires and the fleshly pleasures and materialistic things of this world. Build your life on the kingdom of God. Build your life on the will of God for your life. You know, I was thinking, um, you guys good in here? Everyone good? I was thinking, I hope I'm not too sweaty. I was thinking the other day, I wish, I don't know about you guys, but I, I really wish that we heard more about Jesus' childhood and young adulthood in the Bible. Like, you know how we kind of only see Jesus' story at birth, and then we see him when he's 12, and then we see him when he's 30, and he starts his ministry. You know, I realized where Jesus was from, 18, uh, from 12 to 30. He was just cruising in the shadows. He was hanging around in the shadows. What I realized was that God actually was preparing Jesus in the shadows for 18 years in preparation for him to fulfill his purpose to bring salvation and freedom to the world. See, Jesus was faithful in the shadows for 18 years before John the Baptist looked and found him in the crowd, pointed him out and said, behold, the Lamb of God. What happened in that moment? Boom, Jesus stepped into the light and an assignment from heaven was set before him. See, we don't like the shadows, though. I don't think, as humanity, we don't like it. We, we want to be known. We want to have a name for ourselves. We want to make something for ourselves. We want to be acknowledged. But what did Jesus do in the shadows? Man, He embraced it. He embraced it knowing that God was preparing Him. God was preparing Him. I believe so many of you guys around the room right now, God is probably doing so many miraculous, wonderful things for you. But you know what? Some of you, God's still preparing you. And some of you guys are young in here. Soak it up, man. Be a sponge. God's using you. You know, I believe so many of you in the room tonight, you want to do great things for God in the workplace, and that's great. We need you. Man, we, we need the anointing of God on your life. If, you are, uh, if you're pursuing a career in here, or maybe you're currently in a career in politics and government, will you just lift up your hand for a second? Politics and government. Okay, cool. Keep your hand up. Keep your hand up. What about education? Education here. Okay, awesome. Awesome. How about law? Okay. Keep your hands up, guys. What I'd, lo what I'd love to do is, um, on the way here, I just really felt to, to pray for some of these people in these spaces. Actually, the other one I had was music. I forgot about that. I, on the way up, April and I just, we really felt like these spaces we wanted to pray for tonight. If you're in the music space, worship or, uh, or secular, I want, you to, I want you to put your hand up now too. Because I want to pray for these spaces. We need you guys here. We need you guys making a difference in your lane. Actually, can you just stand really quickly too? I want us to all pray for you. I'm not going to embarrass anybody. If you guys can just stand, if you put your hand up, that'd be really great. Awesome. Awesome. Now, I don't have heaps of experience in these lanes, but we need, we need your bowl, guys. We need you bringing the light of the gospel to these spaces, hey. And I felt for some of you guys here, I felt like God was saying, you're just watching your friends kind of own and dominate their lane. I feel like God said, I want you in the fight. I want you to come be a part of the fight. I want you to play a part of the mission here. Because... There's some shadow moments that you're missing right in front of you. And for some of you too in here, I even just felt like you disqualified yourself. You feel like God only wants to use like the, uh, the holy Christians or the put together Christians, whatever that means. That's, that's really bad theology. Don't disqualify yourself. God wants to use you. He wants to use you as a vessel for the kingdom of God, man. He wants to use you. Okay? And so I don't know if some of you guys are in high school here or uni or in the workplace or whatever, but church, can we just stretch out our hands just to these people? Can we pray for them really quickly? Father, I thank you for these incredible faithful men and women standing right now. God, I thank you that wherever you, they go, Father God, I thank you that you go before them and you go with them. God, remind them 
that there is meaning in the mundane. Will you breathe on the mundane of every single day, Father? Holy Spirit, we pray for your hand of protection and provision to go before him, God. I pray for supernatural interventions to take place, supernatural moments where they can bring the light of the gospel to their world, God. We pray for kingdom influence, kingdom influence and strategies and innovations from heaven to make your name known, God. Not their own name known, your name known, God. Will you bring them boldness, bring them favor to influence their world for good and for God. God, will you build character in their life to build their faith right now? As I'm praying, build their faith, God. Open doors, unlock opportunities in Jesus' name. We pray for a move of God across these spaces, across these spaces, Father. Will you go with them? Will you be with them, God? Like I said before, will, the, will you not allow the anointing that you have in their life to come before the character you want to develop in them, Father? Build their faith. God, we thank you for the opportunities that are, are going to come. In Jesus' name, amen. Please be seated. Thank you for praying, church. As I close really quickly, I don't have long. I want to just finish on this story. You know, I had a young adult come up to me a couple weeks ago, and, and he just said like he felt like the enemy was trying to steal his joy in his every single day. And so he started praying a prayer every single morning. He was waking up and he was just saying, Holy Spirit, thank you that in you there is peace. In you there is purpose. In you there is joy. And you know what he said? Ever since that day, things have been different. Things have been changing. He's felt like God's been closer to him in his every single day. In the small moments, it's brought purpose and it's brought joy. And you know what? That encouraged me so much, guys. Because I know for some of us, it can be hard waking up feeling like we've got purpose in our every day. It can be hard. You know what? Even in the highs and lows, when we look at Joseph's story, we see that God's hand was with him and upon him, protecting him, going before him in every single thing he did, no matter where he went. I want to encourage you guys in the room today. If, that, if that's someone like you, if you're like that, you just feel like you're lacking purpose in your every day, please know that God is closer than you know. He's so much closer than you know. Thank you for listening. We pray that this message inspires you to unmistakably influence your world for good and for God. Go ahead and share it with a friend. And can I invite you to connect with us on one of our many social media platforms as well? Most importantly, if you made a decision to follow Jesus, I want to say congratulations. This is the beginning of a life-changing journey. We'd love to see you at one of our many City Point Church services around the world this Sunday. And you can find out more about our service times and locations at citypointchurch.com. We would be so thrilled to see you there.